Amber, what are you drinking today? Amanda, I'm on day 57 of water. 57? I know that we were talking about counting down to drinking again, but I looked it up because I needed to know how many days it officially has been. Oh, like it. 57. I think I'm going to go 90. So I got 33 days to go. Either way, you're still over halfway. Yep. I need to be. I need to be. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so ready to drink again. Though. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, trying not to kill my children. Right. Are- <laughs> We're during, this is a panini, a pandemic. I just took a break. <laughs> just a small break. Yeah. Just a dry out. Quick little, quick little dry out. No biggie. Just a reboot. It's a reboot. Oh, now I can come back better than ever. She she says it's water. That is vodka. That is straight vodka. There's I no so wish it was. <laughs> I so wish it was. Oh man. What are you drinking, Amanda? Um, I am also drinking water, but of the time. awesome variety. It is actually deep eddy lemon vodka with a splash of lemon elderflower infusions syrup. That is fancy. That's what I thought. It's really not though. Like, look, it's that skinny syrup crap that you like. It's fancy. That you it's the up. elderflower that makes it fancy. You get it at yeah. the Ross for three dollars and ninety nine cents, and then elderflower. <laughs> in your vodka, and it makes it fancy. Well, deep eddy vodka. Yeah. Some deep Texas eddy. vodka. Shout out to deep eddy. You like those guys? They're super generous. Yes. Anyway, do they sell anywhere outside of Texas? I'm always down to try some new things. Yeah, I have some here in Arizona. But isn't that like you know, kind of like almost a neighbor? (laughs) Yeah, you just have to. uh, I think if you distill in a state and you want to like take it outside the state, you just have to apply for a certain kind of liquor license to cross state borders. You know, because each state wants their own set of taxes. I guess we should research that before we put the link in our YouTube shit. Well, I know for a fact you can get it in Arizona. So I'm on my computer. She's going to look on the phone. She is. GTS, Google that shit. Yes. Absolutely. I'm always like, my friend Google knows. I'm so smart. Thanks to Google. What is it? um, Deep Eddie's? Deep Eddie Vodka. Yes. Oh, dude, that popped right up. It's, it's, good it's at Target. Locally? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like right down the street for me. All right, cool. All right. So we're good to go on that. All right, no joke. Yeah. Well, just- welcome to welcome to this research episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka, where we're trying to find out if we can ship deep eddy anywhere in the country. <laughs> True story. However, we believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a service member can be easy, but being a veteran is very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Melissa Baycott. She served in the United States Air Force Reserves, followed by the United States Marine Corps from 2003 to 2016 as an aircraft E&E and then a sheet metal and composite mechanic. So she's pretty much badass. Pretty much. Throw that Super out pogue. there. Super pogue. 
how are you doing today, Melissa? And what are you doing? good. I'm I am fantastic. How are you ladies doing? We're great. We're great. We're happy to have you here. Yes. Hi. Hi to be here. Can you give me two seconds? I, I need a refill. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm not drinking water. I'm definitely drinking alcohol. Truly, because I'm truly broke right now. <laughs> we haven't even started like the whole thing yet, and she's already getting a refill. That's fantastic. She might be the first one to refill. We've had a couple of double fisters. Have we had a? We've had a couple. Um, didn't George have to refill? Technically, number three. No, so. George didn't because he made a mai tai from scratch, and that sucker took him all up. Oh yeah. I thought he got something. I don't know. I re- I come in with like, when I'm drinking, I come in with like four or five to get through one episode. Yeah. I have a job, ladies. <laughs> I got to wake up tomorrow. I got to take my kid to daycare. <laughs> Struggle. Struggle is real. Mommy, why do you smell like a distillery? No, she she learned her first cuss word today. Thanks to me. What was it? <sighs> well, she just hit that phase where like she repeats everything. And mommy scratched the absolute crap out of her leg. Ooh. Yeah. Please, it was shit. It was shit. It was shit. <laughs> shit. I like as I did it, I hit it the first time and I didn't say anything. And then because I'm me, I did it a second time and I go, oh shit. And she goes, oh sick. And I go, that's right, baby. That's exactly what mommy said. And I had to stifle the laughter, but I go, that's right. And you know, you play it off so that she doesn't continue right. saying it because you're laughing and she thinks she's being hilarious. So yeah. that's how today went. <laughs> I was like, great. I just gave my, I honestly thought her first word was going to be fuck. So I'm kind of happy that her first cuss word was at least shit. So okay. yeah. You're you're doing just fine. When Ty was when Ty was little, I don't. He used to say "what the fuck," but he'd be like, and I mean, he was mate two or three. Like he was had the little kid voice, and he was, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" And I'm like, "What'd you say? What the fuck?" Yeah, you don't want to laugh. Oh, I laughed my ass. Want to laugh? (laughs) (laughs) I want to be like that's hilarious. I don't think Gabe ever said any bad words. Yeah. I did. I don't really say that many bad words, though. Oh, I I am. I definitely have the mouth of a sailor. We keep Amber as a co host for the sole reason that she likes to use so many bad words. I was actually kind of worried because, like, for like up until I want to say about a month ago, she maybe, maybe two months ago, she wasn't really talking. Like, very 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 minimal words and i was like you are two years old and there's nothing coming out of you kid and now she won't shut the hell up yeah and it's like it was just a mo- man of oh, just a little i already knew it at some point mommy was gonna cuss and i i because i cuss all the time i do try to watch it a little bit more with her but mommy cusses a lot especially when mommy hurts herself and i'm accident prone so i was just like waiting because i let's see i've got two scratches in the same spot within a 10 minute period on the same piece of furniture and all she got was shit out of that 
we are good. That's <laughs> a parenting win right there. Right. Yeah. There was no, God damn it, you motherfucking cocksucking. It wasn't that. I'm okay. Yep. <laughs> we got shit. That's good. You go. Amber, what do we have going on for a charity this season? All right. So for season two, of course, we're still going to continue to support Tovahala Project. Um, their mission is super important to us as podcast hosts and as veterans. And we are going to support Greg C. Washington and the Walk to Honor mission that he has going on, which is to bring about mental health and suicide awareness in the veteran community, as well as civilians. Greg is also a veteran himself and through his organization is bringing about awareness to veteran suicide. So we are going to to support him. And if you need to learn about what he's got going on, you can go to his website. It is gregcwashington.com. And under his about section is a walk to honor. All right, so can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how your story got started? I am from St. Louis, Missouri, where I live right now. Um, born and raised out here, actually, uh, Ferguson. I love St. Louis. You love St. Louis? I, I, was, I love it. I was just up there. We have a friend, Amanda and I, that we were in the Navy with together, and he lives in Overland. And so I was just up there for New Year's, but I, it's my second time. And if it did not snow in St. Louis, I would live there in a heartbeat. Oh, I love, <laughs> I love it. And I'm like, I fucking hate this goddamn yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I just, I love it up there. So I like, like, I love visiting, like, but I don't think I could live there. Right. Yeah. Like that's, and I was born and raised here. Uh, I mean, I love the sports. I'm a diehard uh, Cardinals fan, diehard Blues fan. I will never, ever support the Rams, and I never have supported the Rams. So, moving on from that topic. Uh, <laughs> I sense some hostility there. Just a little bit. They're not a true St. Louis team. Anyways, <laughs> but the food here is really good. It's a music town. Yes. So they have, like, a lot of music venues up here. I just don't like the people. And I'll, I said it on TikToks. I think the people here are so cliquish and... Just so, like, you know how you do deployment ratings? <laughs> Where, like, you could be a, a three stateside, but you a 10 on deployment. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. St. Louis people constantly have in their head that they are what they would be in a deployment rating. <laughs> Even though I national like, average. enough time there then. To, like, maybe I wouldn't like that because I can't stand that. Yeah, no, they're very up their own ass about themselves. Oh, it's like it's so bad too because I'm like, you do realize I have met them. I don't know. I've met they're cool as hell to chill with. Okay, like, but just you give it a little bit of time, you're like, I can't fucking stand you. Like you (laughs) anyway. So and it snows up there. So in case some crisis happens where it (laughs) stops snowing all of a sudden. And there's a lot of cool people out here, don't get me wrong, but that's like the, you have the, like the majority and the minority, right? The majority of the people are the ones with their heads right on up their own right. ass. And I just want to look at them and be like, you do realize that like national average, you're like a four. Right. <laughs> but you think people are like, 
you're like you Mrs. St. Louis or Mrs. St. Louis, so you're hot shit. But national average, you're 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 like a four. Yeah. Leave St. Louis, come back and tell me how you how you did outside of this big small city. Okay. Let me <laughs> let's get a taste of the real world here, boo-boo. Yeah. So, Melissa, what made you decide to go reserves and then active duty? And tell us about why you picked your jobs. Right, and it's so not you went ahead. like Air Force, you went from like the shittiest, lowest, why are we even counting that? A step above Coast Guard, Air Force Reserves to like badass fucking Marines. I'm, I'm gonna blame that last jump on an early midlife crisis. I'm gonna blame that one on something up here just kind of fell loose. Um, actually, the, the story is really funny. So I was living in Texas with my mom at the time and 9-11 had happened and I promised my dad that I would try college for like a semester and it didn't work out for me. I had a lot of issues, mainly because I went undiagnosed with ADHD and a couple other issues and I couldn't focus in my classes. Like I, I, I had a hard time in high school too. Well, you know, early 2000s was still like the stigma behind mental health care was just right. Yeah. So it was right after 9-11 and I, I had already wanted to join the military after I graduated anyways, because I graduated in 2002. That was my senior year. My senior year was 9-11 and I graduated that spring in 2002. And let's see, it was, I was with my mom and my mom was freaked out about the whole 9-11 thing you are not joining the military. Well, I was like, yeah, I am. Well, we're going to blame this also on the fact that my ADHD was really, really undiagnosed. I did not know or pay attention to the fact that I had walked into and was talking to a reserve recruiter. I thought I was going active duty Air Force. (laughs) My mother picked out the reserve recruiter and walked us in. You know how like mothers interject to try to like keep right. She, she's very good at that. Very good at <laughs> keeping my squirrel mind under squirrel control. So there was constantly shiny new questions being tossed out. And I had no idea what was going on, except for I was joining the fucking Air Force. And <laughs> I get halfway through boot camp, which <laughs> Air Force boot camp at the time was seven weeks total, including this thing called zero week. So it was technically like only six weeks, but you have zero week, which is where you're rainbow, like you're in your civilian clothes, getting all your processing done. About halfway through, they they start letting you know where you're going for A school, C school, your tech school, all that stuff. And it has whether or not, you know, you, you are reserved and what base you're supposed to be at, or if you're active duty, it just says an A next to your name and it has to be determined TBD next to duty station. Mine had an R, Barksdale Air Force Base. And I was like, I don't, what? How am I a reservist? Like, I don't remember. They're like, you don't remember signing your name? Nope. Sure enough, I'm pulled a quick one on me. Uh, so, yeah, that was good times. But uh, I was actually in, oh, I enlisted February 23rd, 2003. And I remember my recruiter actually calling me and telling me, that I was to arrive at boot camp, like leave and arrive same day, you know, April 1st, 2003. And man, those, 
TIs, technical instructors for the Air Force, had a field day with everyone coming in on April Fool's Day that year. Bless their that heart. was a fun, fun day. They came on the bus all nice. There was there was no yelling. There was no screaming. Oh, grab your bags. Take your time. Go ahead and set them down and go upstairs. We'll bring them up for you. And I'm like, this is not something is not right. <laughs> Nothing was right. They came upstairs in our barracks and get your asses back. We're the fuck just happened. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's trying to get down the stairs, tripping over each other. Yeah, that was a fun day. Uh, But I was in boot camp during shock and awe, the shock Mm -hmm. and awe campaign. And they would bring us into this thing called the day room and they would put on the radio um, so we could hear all the reports of what was happening while shock and awe was happening. And like every Sunday, you know, you go to church or they try to get you to go to church. And most of you do because you're like, get me the fuck away from these people. Yep. Yep. During church, they do like the whole let the bodies hit the floor and like all these badass songs and like put the pictures of all the terrorists. Oh, yeah. Oh, I learned how to shoot with iron sights and not in some cozy little room. Like I, I didn't learn how to like now it's different. Back then I actually shot like I actually learned how to shoot or learn <laughs> military way of shooting yeah so like well they got us all we were gonna go slay bodies in the air force and i was so pumped and then i saw reserve and i was like i'm not doing shit apparently <laughs> <laughs> but i did get to work on a10s and b52s which was a uh, that's awesome a10 is my absolute favorite aircraft ever oh that's my baby right there mm. <laughs> yeah so when did you decide to go active Marine? Well, while I was in the um, Air Force Reserves, I got to do a lot of active duty time because I picked up any orders I could. Um, but I also ended up because like reservists, there's just not as much um, give a shit. I, I kind of want to say. So like I got really depressed because it wasn't my full-time job even though I picked up as much active duty time as I could um and I mean like I picked up a lot like outside of one week in a week or one week in a month two weeks out of every year anytime they had any active duty orders open I was on it anytime they had an active reserve trade job open the art jobs open I was applying for them I was trying to get there full-time um so while I was there um I just, I got, I got really out of shape, really depressed. I didn't like what I was doing anymore. I didn't like the Air Force structure or at least the reserve side. And I kept wanting to go active duty, but I could not find anyone in my chain of command at that point to help me. Plus I was also dealing with, I went from Barksdale to Scott Air Force Base over in Shiloh, Illinois. Because I have a sexual assault and sexual harassment issue that I had at Barksdale. And I got in trouble, not the person who did it. Of course. Yeah, if you've seen any of my TikToks, like when I led the last female Marine who was going off about it, about how Mm -hmm. her perpetrator gets to stay in, I about lost my shit. Because when I reported the person who, when I reported the senior leadership who did what they did to me. I was called a slut. I was told that I was trying to improve my standings. Like it was, it was bad. They wanted to commit me in a mental ward 
because of what I said. Like, if you don't like take that back, we were going to put you in a mental ward. I was like, I'm so glad I joined. So instead I went inactive reserves, inactive ready reserves in order to transfer bases up to Scott and then move back home to St. Louis. Um, and then there it was better. I didn't have any issues there, but like the, I guess the PTSD from what happened down there, uh, it, it all just ate at me so bad that I was drinking a lot and like I gained a lot of weight and I had no pride in what I was doing anymore. But when I got out, like when my contract ended, I had extended out a year because I was like, well, I don't know if I want to resign. So I extended out a year. And when that extension ended, I was like, nah, I'm just done with the Air Force. But like six months after I was done with the Air Force, I was like, I fucking miss being in. I was like, I just don't want to do the Air Force. And I was like, I don't know. I was almost 29. I was like, I don't know what other branch would take me. And I talked to an army recruiter just to kind of see, and they're like, mm, no. I was like, yeah, no army. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I was just testing the waters, you know, just seeing what is, if, if anything is still available, um, you know, because of my age, but I had also the only other branch that I put it out feelers for was the Marine Corps. Cause I was like, look, if I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm going active duty and I'm doing, I want to do boots on the ground if I can. So and the Marines um, take anybody. <laughs> so it's wait, wait, hold up. So true. <laughs> they took me despite my age, <laughs> but I graduated meritorious mass from every single one of my. Well, let's cheer. We can cheer. Mm, well, cheer at we'll at 29 that. years old compared to these little 18 and 19 yeah. year olds. Suck it, kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> The grand granddaughter mother of the Marine Corps beat all y'all. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, so just uh, I missed it, and I was like, I'm gonna go either either I'm doing the hardest branch or the hardest branch physically that I could think of. Something that I knew, like all my Marine friends had such just. I'm a Marine. Like, even if they were out, veterans, I'm a Marine. Like, I was right. like, I want that. And so I did the Marine Corps. And I turned 29 in boot camp, dude. <laughs> I turned 19 in boot camp. 10-year difference. Yeah. There's a big difference when your drill instructors are like, hey, we need you to come initial. This says 84, not 94. They need to fix your birthday. And you have to look at them and go, no, no. that's correct. <laughs> And they all start poking their head out of the drill instructor hut like whack-a-mole. <laughs> did she say she's 10 years older than us? Yes, the hell she did. Like, <sighs> uh, giant target on my back from that day on. <laughs> giant. It's not wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cheers. When you have to look your senior drill instructor in the eye and be like, no, I'm, I'm really almost 30. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> oh no oh no 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 <laughs> you could have captured my face right then that's what that was oh <laughs> yeah oh yeah i'd made it almost a full weekend without them noticing that i was the oldest one there <laughs> even older now. than them 
it was swim qual week too and they were like oh shit you turned 29 this week huh i was like fuck y'all are gonna make me do swim call a million times aren't you they couldn't though because i'm i'm a fantastic swimmer i was on swim team in high school so suck it suck it <laughs> they made my life hell in other ways but whatever so then why after you joined the marine corps did you go into sheet metal and composite mechanics with the Air Force, I was aircraft e which is electrical and environmental systems, which is basically everything on the aircraft minus hydraulics and engines. So when I went to the Marine Corps, I asked if they had anything in electronics on the aircraft. They didn't because um, it was already a field I was you know, ready for. I knew I could be a meritorious master, like at least start getting promoted because you lose all rank when you go from any other branch of the Marine Corps. You lose all your rank. You start... Right right the fuck back over <laughs> and I was like cool I'll, I'll pick up real quick they didn't have it and I was like all right well and and this was also right before they started letting women right before like I was in MCT when they started allowing women to try and do infantry so I couldn't do boots on ground oh, no. like, that wasn't an option for me and I didn't want to do like combat camera or something like that. You know, like I was like, no, I'm going to spray and pray. And <laughs> like, that's what I wanted. But um, so I was like, all right, let's go back with the aircraft. And they're like, well, we have uh, airframes mechanic. I was like, bending metal. It's like, eh. they're like, no, well, it's not just that anymore, you know, because, you know, a lot of the aircraft now aren't just you know rosy riveter style you know you have to learn composites too i was like hmm now that that sounds really interesting and that's uh actually what i excelled on sheet metal bending is a very small uh part of what i actually did i actually really did a lot more um composite repair on the aircraft the ch-53s than i did anything else and that was man that was badass i'm not gonna I, you know people are like oh come on and i know like it, it's a boring job because you're just mainly doing patches but the best part is is like when you get these huge side panels in and like all the insulation is burnt out on these bad boys so you have to hollow it out sand it all down and then you have to restructure like with fiberglass and more insulation in there so these and i loved it it was just for me i was like yes yes i came badass yeah. bird anyways Yes, yes, they are. I've ridden on one. Have you? I have. When I was in San Diego, we went on a tour of San Diego in one. Me and Jen, I have a picture of it. (laughs) I got to do an incentive flight on the B-52, which um, that was a really cool plane to work on. I know a lot of people are like, oh, B-52s. They all love the A-10s. Everybody loves A-10s. But the B-52s, like if you get to walk up to them on a, a flight line, the skin while they're at rest is actually wrinkly not like super like you know like old lady wrinkly but it's it's bubbled it's bubbled across the whole thing because when it takes off it stretches there's there's room for stretch in the airplane and then the wings on it actually kind of they have uh mobility like this they actually oh, I've seen of, that that's cool. i didn't yeah, know that i didn't know they stretched like that but i've seen the, the wings do that and that's that's pretty insane. The same thing with like the 53s when they take off from the back of an amphib and they like dip down and you like say a small prayer that they don't catch the water <laughs> back up. 
you're like your butthole tightens just <laughs> and as an air traffic controller all we can do is watch it on the cctv and just be like where did they go and it's such a big word you're like how did i lose it off the side of the boat and then you see it like and you're like okay that's where the diamonds really come from for dependa rings is the clenching and unclenching of assholes oh there's one that's the pressure behind that because you know it too like i've i watched i've seen so many things happen on the flight line that i'm like yeah did i shit myself (laughs) i don't think i did but that was a really tight clench back there like i'm definitely gonna need a new pair of shorts (laughs) so i was stationed at whitby island and Mm. the flight club had a little sky chicken following behind a P3. So, you know, the controller at the time was like, caution, wake turbulence, P3, high power. Like the P3 was cruising down the taxiway. And the instructor and the flight student like didn't want to listen and they got too close and it just went bloop. Just flipped it over. It got caught in that prop wash of that P3 and just flipped it over. They didn't even get in the sky. They had an upside down airplane. While we were at Barksdale, the A-10s, they have practice rounds for obvious, you know, training and that. Well, practice round got stuck in the barrel. And you're supposed to red X, or the, the crew chiefs are supposed to red X, not safe for maintenance. Someone signed off on a red X and allowed it safe for maintenance. And the practice round went off in the shop. Not oh, my yeah. shop. Shop down the flight line. And it we heard thunder, or at least what sounded like thunder. And in Louisiana, Barksdale Air Force Base, you get a lot of thunderclouds off in the distance, but they don't actually like come in. We're right. like, oh shit, that's coming in. We got to head back. They're going to call it any minute now. Because, you know, once you see lightning in that, they call it, you can't work on the birds on the flight line. As we're heading back, fire trucks, ambulances, all going towards the shop across the flight line from us. I was like, oh, somebody, somebody's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It went what? through a solid cement wall and took off uh, an airman's skin layer, fat layer, and just missed the muscle. Wow. Mm. Wow. <sighs> no, but no. That's all, all of our buttholes collectively. Just yeah. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that. So while you were in the Marine Corps, what duty stations did you have? Uh, I didn't actually get to go anywhere. Um, so I was at, well, obvious training stuff was uh, Paris Island and then back to Lejeune. And then, well, not Lejeune, but Lejeune-ish, New River-ish. That's where MCT and that is. I can't remember what the fuck it's called right now. Hello, truly. <laughs> like I said, this is number three for me. Um, maybe number four. Minor details. We we don't count here. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Um. Anyways, moving on. You don't. Like uh, so. And then I was in Virginia Beach for A school, and then no, A school was Pensacola. C school was Virginia Beach, and then my I was stationed at New River, and while at New River which my first and only duty station, I was doing kettlebell swings for PT and I heard a pop in my back. Um, 
and I fractured my vertebrae. Ooh, damn. Um, they think what it was was a pre-existing like fracture from something else um, that I was doing. Um, because I had one point during MCT where my legs got so swollen that like you couldn't see my kneecaps or my ankles. Like I <laughs> my uniform was skin tight on my legs and you oh, wow. that is yeah and they're like whoa so they put me on like bed rest for a day and like it the swelling went down but that's how bad and I couldn't feel my feet well I didn't feel any pain but they think that that's like probably when I did the initial injury and then the actual like so it fractured and then it went like this and it shifted Ooh. yeah so that when I was doing my kettlebell swings, doing my PT and that about, I want to say maybe a year into my contract with the Marine, oh, not a year into the contract, a year into my first duty station with the Marine Corps is when it shifted like that. And then they did all these tests and everything, you know, cause I was having, it was, it felt like it was coming from my hips cause that sciatic nerve runs down both. Well, they did an MRI and a, um, x-ray in my hips and my back and they, they saw the fracture and the shift in my back but they also saw bony growth on my hips which looked like fractures that were starting to heal and they're like oh my god she has hip fractures get her in a wheelchair i was in a wheelchair for a full day <laughs> before they realized that no i have femoral acetabular impingement what's causing the pain and pressure in my hips which could also be causing my legs to swell and the is the fact that those bony growth are now chewing at the cartilage because of you know, pack loads that I've been carrying. And in other words, I joined the Marine Corps way too late in life <laughs> and my old ass body managed to make it through training. And then was like, Oh, you hit 30 bitch. <laughs> my warranty expired and I expired with it. So <laughs> I know. And I was like, I was so excited, man. Cause I was killing it. I was, I was literally, I had the leadership. They were, well, some of my leadership, they wanted to put me up on meritorious boards. They were like, and then just, <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding. This yeah. is horseshit. Right. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple podcasts, Spotify, tune in Google podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you choose to listen to your podcast. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. Do you have a fun active duty story that you can tell us today? A fun, I got, I got several. Um, like, what are we looking for here? One of your favorite stories that you like to tell about oh, a good my. time you had while you were in the service? Shit. Well, <laughs> and you, you guys know that my my TikTok has a lot of the random shit that I've done on uh or at least some of the stuff that I've done. I, my favorite stuff is when I did injure myself, they they moved me from um, the, sh the sheet metal shop over to CPI, Continuous Process Improvement, which I ended up loving. I do love that. But uh, I got to work with a bunch of really cool guys there for no reason other than I saw a meme about it. I printed out a bunch of different pictures of Nicolas Cage, like uh, like Photoshopped <laughs> pictures of him. And then I took them into my gunny and my, <laughs> my captain's office and I taped them everywhere, like in their drawers, on their screens. And I told them they were caged in. 
<laughs> I didn't get in any trouble. But they were like, thank God. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm still older than both of you. Don't forget that. <laughs> so I've caged them in. Uh, on April Fool's, I printed out a bunch of Mr. T saying I pitied the April Fool's. And I did the same thing, except for every time they opened up a file or something, it was, I pity, I emailed it to them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I found a whole bunch of ways to get that one to them. I, I was just playing pranks on people, like left and right, honestly. We've had and a that, couple of pranksters on the show. <laughs> yeah, we like the pranksters. They have the best Yeah, I, yeah. I did a lot of that to the guys in my shop. It was fun, though. It was a good time. <laughs> I was kind of an asshole, I'm not going to lie. That's all right. So much fun though. But I also made uh one of my sergeants cry. Oh, tell us about well, that. he shouldn't have been talking to me like I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. He had been in for all of maybe four years, and I had I was leaving <laughs> after 13 years in. I was leaving. I don't care. You've been in the Marine Corps longer than me. I've been in the military, period, longer than you. Don't and you're on what is it the bfm body fat management program <laughs> i got i got moved here because i might need a i need a cane every once in a while you got moved here because you can't stop eating there is a difference between us boo boo <laughs> and then he cried he cried oh he cried oh bless his heart and i'm not sorry yes <laughs> i wouldn't be either <laughs> All right. So eventually, though, you did have to finally give up the military, even though you went kicking and screaming and transition into being a veteran. How was your transition? I was actually talking to one of my other um, vet buddies, someone I actually went through Marine Corps boot camp with. I mean, she joined later in life like I did. She's a few years younger than me. So we're both like she's mid 30s. I'm late 30s now. Right. We both joined later and we both had issues that popped up due to training. You know, joining later, you just can't join something right. like the Marine Corps later in life. You need to do I couldn't even imagine going through stuff right now. I, I still have, like, I'm, I need a double hip replacement. I need, uh, or I, I'm supposed to need spinal fusion. So, like, I'm, I'm supposed to be on a bunch of pain meds and, like, different stuff like that. And it's, it's really bad, but. You know what? Whatever. Like when I was actually talking to her, though, she was like, "Do you think the space force would take us?" I was like, "No, girl." <laughs> I was like, "But we hate it. We hate. Well, we don't hate being vets. We just hate civilian life." Yes. She straight up goes, "But we could be in outer space, and it wouldn't hurt our injuries." I was like, "Girl, shut up!" Like space force ain't taking us either. Like I was like, "The coasties wouldn't take us. Come on, man." Like, we are that broke boo-boo. Like, you just have to accept it. <laughs> Absolute crap, you guys. So were you like, so you were, <laughs> were you med boarded out then or? I'm you- medically retired. Okay. A hundred percent. Because I literally like, I should probably be bionic from the waist down now, but they haven't created that technology yet. Would that uh, be considered half a person, Amanda? No, I'm not. I'm not. I am not yet. <laughs> when I become RoboCop from the waist down, then I will be half a person. <laughs> I'm still a full person. I'm just functioning at 50%. <laughs> yeah. 
And then you could be our robo half a person marine friend. Right. Well, if they can make me bionic from the waist down, can't I go back active? Ooh, I don't know. I would push for it. Either way, though, I'm name dropping in the room brawl. I'm going to be like, my one and a half Marine friends are going to come whoop your ass. Right. <laughs> don't mess with me. I, a civilian life just is not, it is nowhere near the same. I right. love my veteran brothers and sisters, but civilian life, like I'm used to having a purpose, a place, a, a time, like I love that structure, you know, and I love like you do your job. You're done with your job. Go home. Yeah. Right. Not this. You did really good. Now here's this person that sucks at their job. You can do their work too. Right. Or here's this person fresh out of college and because they have a degree, but have no real life experience, they're going to get a position better than you. Yeah. But you have to train them. So my first, like I will. <laughs> my first job out of the military, I was like the old person there with a bunch of like young college kids like that. And so they were obviously I was entry level because I was just out of the military, even though I served 10 years and I did a bunch of cool shit. And it frustrated them so bad because I would literally just go to work and mess with them all day. I did absolutely no work because I would. I just I was like, y'all are dumb. I don't care if you have a college. The job I'm in right now is actually, it's good and it's challenging and it has a lot of promise to be very lucrative. Um, the issue I'm having with it is I don't, they're, they're like, uh, I don't even know how to really put it other than they're like super, super civilians. <laughs> yeah. that we're, We understand and every veteran listening to this podcast will understand. That's Why are the only you being way. So civilian-y right now. Right. How? Like it is, it's a it's a adjective, it's a verb. Like how? Oh, how is that are a you? word? Is civilian-y a word? It is now. There's just it now. It, it, they don't talk to me. They don't talk to me. I sit in my office alone and I don't talk to anyone during the day outside of some of my clients. My clients love me. The people I work with, they're like, you are just too much. I'm like, yeah. you are just not enough. That's why I had to quit my job and create a podcast for veterans because I couldn't handle it. I'm lucky that like my TikTok is doing as well as it did. Because when I started TikTok, it was literally because I had no, like pandemic hit. I wasn't allowed to see anyone. It was just me. And at the time, my one-year-old. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I need an outlet. Mm-hmm. And then. You make fun of one drill sergeant in the army because I ain't scared of you. I had five people worse than you surrounding me telling me, get them, get them, all yelling at me. Okay. You are not intimidating. (laughs) You have one of those. Get a little bit of attention with, you know, civilians. It's the disrespect for me. It's the not knowing that I'm a veteran for me. That's what, that's what the fuck is. (laughs) And when I made that rebuttal, TikTok that was like, I got a bunch of hate for this and y'all can suck my salty veteran ass when the surge of veteran community came together and they're like, they jumped on that other one. You were like, oh, she's a vet. You should have done like, and they all, I was like Like, what just happened? I found my people. I know. And then I had an unfortunate clothing incident where it looked like I was not wearing leggings but I totally was. (laughs) 
Lilac leggings and yellow lighting equal flesh colored. And I didn't know that. I did not learn something new right now, too. It was I'll bad, guys. I thought I was just showing boob sweat. Like, I was like, humidity titties. And I thought I was showing the boob sweat stain. So they thought I was pulling out my shirt to hide, apparently, my naked lower half. Which, why would anyone do that on? I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah. Wearing yeah. leggings. And what universe do anyone's legs look that color of pink? <laughs> <laughs> Between those two videos is how I actually got started, like actually gaining a following on TikTok. Wow. That's, you know, it's crazy because you never really know what people are going to gravitate towards and what's going to like boost you up. Apparently just tell people to suck your ass. Yeah. For some I'm sorry. Suck your salty veteran ass. Salty veteran ass. <laughs> we are some salty veterans for sure. I just lick the salt right off of it. You dumbasses. Yeah. All right. Well, if you would like to contact Amber or myself for any further questions or for any reason at all, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. You can also email us at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com or check out our website, veteransdrinkingvodka.com. In case anyone was confused about who we are. Everything is Veterans Drinking Vodka. Like Amanda said, you can reach out to us pretty much anywhere, and we would love to hear from you if you're interested in being a guest on our podcast and telling your story. You can send us an email or a direct message. After this tough transition and trying to figure out how to deal with the people that are so civilian-y, I like that word. Yeah, it is. It's civilian-y. It's a good word. How are you doing now? Struggle bus. I got one of those too. So I'm supposed to be like VA doctors and that all the time for my conditions, right? But I moved back home to St. Louis right as everything was going into lockdown for the pandemic. And the VA has yet to start taking face-to-face um, appointments. So we're going on over a year now of me not being able to see someone face-to-face for my issues. Thanks pandemic coronavirus. (laughs) So it just, it makes everything a little bit harder because, uh, I can't get into like, especially moving back. Like no one's taking new patients. Like if you're an established patient, they're starting to take people back, but they're not taking new patients. So I can't even get me and my daughter and like see a new doctor. And it's like, that's fine. I love being in constant pain. Yeah. Thank God Missouri has legalized medical marijuana because guess who's lining up for that card here very shortly. Good for you. Good for you. Be high. I was going to clean my room, but then I got high. Hold on. Oh my goodness. Can't deal with it. VA is yeah. just VA and civilian life ain't for me. I well, don't like it. And the worst part about the VA doing stuff like that is I I recently went through something like that where I was an established, like an established patient, and they scheduled me for an in-person appointment in Texas <laughs> because my stuff was still in Texas. 
And I was in, in a transition between Texas and moving to Arizona. And so I went back to Texas for my in-person appointment and literally like two, it was only like two days, however, yeah, two days prior, I got a text message from the VA system saying that it had been changed to a telephone appointment. So I traveled to Texas, which I needed to travel back to Texas anyways, but I based my trip around that appointment. So I traveled back to Texas because it's been over a year and this, like, I don't need a telephone appointment. I just had a telephone appointment with you guys like a month before that appointment. Like the whole purpose of that appointment was in person because we're at the point now where the appointments I have left need to be, they can't be over the phone. And yeah, last minute. So I just canceled I canceled that one because I was like, I don't need a phone appointment. I literally just talked to you. Like my labs aren't even a month old. So like, I'm good. (laughs) And I came back to Arizona early, but um, yeah, it's, it's hard right now with the COVID and all that moving during this, because I'm sorry, but why is the VA system not all linked together? Why is it that I have to completely re-register somewhere and you have no, you have access to my stuff from North Carolina, Yeah, but you have the VA other clinics have to jump through hoops to access what the VA has on their website. Yeah. And it's all right there. Right. All right there. You ha- it just baffles me that they have everything. Mm-hmm. I can pull up all my notes, everything from when I started seeing the VA, yeah. everything, yeah, my entire can, medical history, almost all that stuff online anyways, just right. But you mean to tell me the Missouri VA can't see that. Yeah. Let me put it out gotta, for you. Right? Do you want me to bring it with me? Because I can uh, I can go down to the computer lab and get it for you. Do you want me to put it on a CD-ROM? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me go get my microfish. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I think I still See, have this will go on a floppy disk or two. <laughs> my God. Like when you used to have to order it, order oh. a microfish and have it shipped to you. I just can't, man. Like you have all this available, but you like my my current primary care through the VA does not know about my pre-existing conditions, i.e., my back and my hips, because the Missouri VA clinic is not in direct contact or share files with the North Carolina clinic that I was with. And I'm like, do you want me to print off the entire history? Because I'm pretty sure that's another three inch D-ring binder. That I'm gonna have to bring to y'all on top of the three-inch D-ring binder from before I got out the military with all my medical history. Mm-hmm. So you want me to bring to you when you can just click a button or two and pull it all up. Oh yeah. no, because apparently that's too hard for them. But you can go, you can go to a comp and pen appointment, and with three clicks of the button, they can look at your entire medical history and determine whether or not you're eligible for any kind of rating. Thank. Thank you. Anywhere you go. You gotta be shitting me right now. What the hell is wrong with y'all? Right? Y'all wonder why you got veterans in your parking lot committing suicide. Yep. But that ain't none of my business, though. Nope. But those comp and pen people sure can pull up your medical record with (gasps) quickness. (laughs) That just drives me absolutely. And that's why, like, the whole transition here to Missouri has been rough, but 
I just, man, I don't like being a civilian. Like, I wish I could find, I wish the military had jobs for individuals, you know, who can't go into combat, who can still shoot, but may not necessarily need to be at the front lines at all. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you can't deploy everyone. Keep some of us that just back here. I'll be admin. I'll be admin all day. Come on. Let me, yeah. let me come back. Let me come back. <laughs> Please. Please just let me hang out with my people. And <sighs> Well, and right now, like, it's so frustrating. COVID has everything so messed up. My cousin just joined the Navy and is in a school in Pensacola right now. And the way that they have their COVID restrictions set up through the Navy this dude is getting paid to hang out in Pensacola and play Xbox for 15 hours a day. And he's been down there. I go to Pensacola. Hold up. He's been down there for three or four months, like a hot minute. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, still waiting to class up because the backlog is so bad and the classes are so small because of COVID. So he's chilling on the government's dime. Curious. I'm like, Huh. Okay. He's gonna graduate a sergeant. Or I'm sorry, I don't know what Navy. Yeah, right. Um, He's gonna come out of A school as an E5. Right? He's gonna, <laughs> gonna be a chief. Be a, the hell? He's gonna go to the boat. He's gonna go How to the boat. Are you there? <laughs> He's gonna have one ribbon and be a chief. <laughs> Something's not right here. <laughs> How'd you get so good at shooting? Well, I played 50 hours of Call of Duty every day. For six years while I waited to class up to learn how to be an aircraft mechanic. The military actually came up with a uh, ribbon for Call of Duty players in the military. No. No, no, no. Uh, That's going to happen because of COVID. I I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you, what? Like, I knew that boot camp got soft, but like... So that's, that's it. Coast Guard. Sorry, ladies. I, I didn't mean to scare you. All right. They're not in the military. So. As I say, I think the Coast Guard is harder than a Call of Duty ribbon. Like. Have you guys watched um, Space Force on Netflix? No. No. With Steve Carell? It's necessary. All right. Oh, yes. The first episode. The first fucking episode, they rag on the Coast Guard, and I was like, "This is my show, <laughs> my show." All right then, all right. <laughs> all right, Melissa. So, if you had any advice for your fellow veterans, what kind of advice would you give them? Mm, reaching out for mental help, uh, reaching out for mental health help, which is a mouthful in itself, is a uh, sign of strength and not weakness. Don't listen to the stigmas that your drill instructors or drill sergeants or whatever put in your head. Don't listen to your instructors. Oh, you're going to see the wizard. You're going to get out. Don't let that negative peer pressure weigh on you. If you feel you need help, get help. You can't be strong and have anyone else's back if you are mentally weak because you're going to compromise yourself and them. And that includes family, friends, everyone. Absolutely. Yes. 
All right. So if our listeners are interested in either continuing this conversation or just needed to reach out to you for any reason, where can they find you? Dog hair, sorry. <laughs> um, I was like, she's got something on her Dorito. Oh, it's the uh, sweet potato chips. Oh, she's got something on her sweet potato chips. <laughs> she's, she's snacking healthy. <laughs> Don't judge me. I was drinking nasty. All right. <laughs> If they want to reach out, they can. The best bet is probably my Instagram, which is the same as my TikTok. It's uh, Crayola, just like that sounds, underscore Killa, K-I-L-L-A. And that is my TikTok and my Instagram. And you can, but the best bet is Instagram. Because on TikTok, um, I have it set up that only people who I follow back can DM me. And that is because I had it set up to where everyone could. And a lot of people were taking advantage of that. I'm already on the verge of losing my shit on a normal basis. Let's just. Yeah. (sighs) Look, my hair has fallen out this year. Okay. I had to shave it off. The last thing I need is one troll too many sending me over the edge and declaring jihad. On all of TikTok. (laughs) Let's not do that. (laughs) I would not like to declare a holy war on on TikTok. No. Probably not the best idea. No. I'll I'll get banned. It's all right. We all know. We all know how that works. It's all right. Because if she gets banned, we'll just keep up with her on the Instagram. I already started following her. As always, the reason why Amanda and I started this podcast was to not only share veteran stories and to network with other veterans but to bring about the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day and 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers.